Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is hour number two, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebefe hanging out here at the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Lane is out in the Rocky Mountains. Make sure to tweet at the show. We want to hear from you guys over the next two hours now. We're already one hour down. But at VEASAN Live is where you can find us on Twitter. At Rounding Again is where you can find James. At Femi and Bebefe is where you can find me. We're just going through the AFC West teams and their schedules. Talked about the Chiefs. Talked about the Chargers. Now another contender in that division, the Denver Broncos, where James resides. You know a lot about this Denver Broncos team. And we were discussing a little bit in the break uh, with our producer here, Wyatt. And he's like, hey, is, is Russell Wilson washed? Before we get into the schedule, I want to ask you, how do you feel about Russell Wilson now as he is QB1 for Denver? I think Russell Wilson is going to be rejuvenated getting out of Seattle. And the amount of hits that he took. His tenure there, basically a decade in Seattle, no quarterback took more hits than Russell Wilson. Part of that is we know he's going to move around the pocket, extend plays with his feet, trying to make big plays down the field, partially on him because he's going to hold the football. Uh, he's just competitive player that way and doesn't want to give downs away, but also never had a good offensive line there in Seattle. So now coming to Denver, not that this is a, a stellar offensive line here with the Denver Broncos, but you've got some weapons to throw the football too, and then that defense is going to keep the Broncos 
competitive each and every week throughout the season. So it's not all on the shoulders for Russell Wilson to have to make plays the way that he was having to do, especially when the uh, Legion of Boom kind of really filtered out there over the last few years in Seattle. It all fell on Russell Wilson's shoulders. He's got broad shoulders. He can make that happen. He is not washed up. He is really great. I'll tell you this too, Femi. He's really ingratiated, ingratiated himself into the community here in Denver. And mm. this is a, uh, We have all the major sports here in Denver, but this will always be a Bronco town, first and foremost. Absolutely always a Bronco town when it comes to the fan base here. And he's done a great job. He's been very visible. He's been working with a number of charities and putting himself out there. He understands from a professional standpoint and a leadership by, uh, perspective that there's certain things that he's going to have to do out in the community to ingratiate himself. He knows he's the face of this offense, the face of this franchise going forward. He's done a great job in just a, really just being here about a month or so of really getting himself involved in the community here in Denver. Yeah, Broncos country, let's ride. That's what Russell Wilson yeah. signs off with every interview now. And when I look at their schedule, it's almost reminiscent to the L.A. Chargers. Manageable first half, difficult second half here. Because right before the bye week, and they have a really good bye week, week nine is kind of the ideal spot for where you want to have a bye week nine or ten. They're at Seattle to start off. That'll be a raucous environment in the Pacific Northwest as Russell Wilson goes up to Seattle to face his old team, the Seahawks. But then they come home hosting the Houston Texans. They'll be big favorites in that game. They host Trey Lance and the 49ers there. That'll be a tough game for the Niners. Probably about a field goal, three and a half spread. We'll see what happens by the time we get to week three. At the Raiders will be tricky, hosting Indianapolis Thursday night at the Chargers week six. But then you host the Jets and the Jaguars before you're by. Now, the Jags game, that is in London, so it'll be a neutral site game, but they'll be heavily favored in that contest. Early look here, the first part of the season, they should have a pretty good record and should be able to stack some wins before they get to the real meat of it in the second half. We're going to see them a lot. The The country's going to see them a lot. They're playing four out of their first six games. Femi will be in prime time. They'll have two yes. on Monday night. You mentioned the first one in Seattle. Russell Wilson right away, smart by the schedule makers, <laughs> have him go straight back home week one for against the Seahawks. And uh, They'll have the two on Monday night. They'll have a Sunday night football game. They'll have a Thursday night football game. And Not so much that it's prime time playing out in London, but they'll be the only game on the, on the TV at that time early in the morning playing Jacksonville in uh, – across the pond but I think here yes the that very favorable schedule to start the season and then you get into the meat of it that second half of the season and really it's they're going to be on the road right away they'll go on the road after their bye week at Tennessee three of their first four games are going to be on the road and they're all going to be out on the east coast so you're traveling to Tennessee you come back home to play the Raiders and then you're back out on the road to the east coast again playing Carolina and then at Baltimore Denver has not played well at Baltimore I can't think of the last time they played well out, out there having to face that Ravens team then you're coming back home and you're playing Kansas City like that is going to be starting the after their buy a really challenging schedule and then you're going to close out the season the last three games at the LA Rams on Christmas Day so in a sense there's another primetime game at Kansas City on New Year's Day and then finish up at home against the Chargers again we talked about that before interesting to see where they will be within the division and within the conference same as the Chargers for that last game there in mile high 
it's really a difficult stretch here to end the season. We had that that column up in our schedules on the graphics. So either column A, column B, column C. Column C just looks absolutely rough. Yeah. The easiest game you have is home for the Cardinals, and the Cardinals tend to peter out in the second half of the season. But anytime you got to face Kyler Murray, that's not an easy task there. That guy runs around. He can make some plays. Yeah. So they better stack some wins early on. I think this is a team that we're going to know what they're capable of in the first part of the season because if they don't have a sterling record going into the bye week, it's going to get rather difficult for them to make the playoffs when you look at that second half of the schedule. I know injuries happen and all that sort, but on paper, tough second half of the schedule. And I think right before the bye week, the interesting thing with those three East Coast travel spots is that they're all early kickoffs. They're all 10 a.m. kickoffs here on the West Coast. The early body clock game for the Broncos. Now it'll be 11 a.m. for them since they're one hour ahead of us here in that mountain time zone. But three out of those four early kind of early body clock games before you get into the real meat of it, facing the Chiefs, Cardinals, Chargers, Chiefs, and then the Chargers after that there. But it's – Man, I, I look at that schedule, I get a little concerned about this Broncos team yeah. that I know a lot of people have a lot of uh, bullish expectations on. 16-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, plus 850 to win the AFC, plus 260 to win the division. This almost feels like a choose-your-fighter between Denver and L.A. to start the season. And then the second half, maybe it's Kansas City that comes from behind to possibly take the division again. The one piece for the Broncos' schedule, and I know Warren Sharp really does a lot of different breakdowns when it comes to, to – net rest edges right so when you so it's not only who and when you're facing a team but who have they been facing when you actually match up and line up on on out of the field together mm-hmm. and for the Denver Broncos so basically he'll look at how many games and it's an interesting breakdown of how he looks at it and it's just strictly time to prepare so teams that had more time to prepare than their opponent that type of thing and you'll have the net rest edge the top sitting at the top of that list is Buffalo plus 12. So favorable schedule when it comes to them having more opportunities for longer time for preparation time than it is their opponent. Denver is sitting third. It goes Buffalo plus 12, Detroit plus 11, and then the Denver Broncos plus eight. So favorable from that perspective is, yes, it is a tough schedule on the back end in that second half of the season, but they will have some advantages when it comes to having more time to prepare for their opponents. So that could work out, and that could be that that could be helpful. But, yeah, this is – I don't know who's – you're talking about these numbers within the AFC West family. I have no clue who's going to end up – who's going to end up winning that division. I think it's yeah. really – Almost honestly, it feels like to me because the Denver Broncos and the Chargers have made significant moves. Obviously, with the Broncos getting Russell Wilson, huge upgrade at the quarterback position. But that was a roster that there's a lot of talent on that roster. The back end of that defense, they've got tremendous safeties. Their linebackers were the issue last year, Femi. But at one point, they had seven or eight linebackers on in, on the injured reserve list. They were completely decimated with at the in the middle of that defense. So they kind of just had to fight through it. But that defense kept them competitive each and every week through the season. It was just the lack of any play offensively out of the quarterback spot, whether it was Bridgewater or getting Locke in there, just no faith within the quarterbacks there to make plays. Now you've got that taken care of, not only with Russell Wilson to be able to make some plays, but just the, the competitiveness and the spirit that he brings to the field and the leadership qualities that have been lacking there since Peyton Manning.
Manning retired after the 2015 season when the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl. That is such a huge lift for this team. This team's really excited because they know, at least on paper, all the talent that they have on both sides of the football. And now you bring in the playmaking and the experience and the leadership qualities of Russell Wilson. Man, this team is super excited. You talk about being optimistic. There's no Forget <laughs> the fan base. I'm just talking strictly about the players. They have been very vocal in their support of Russell Wilson and their excitement rolling into the 2022 season. And that excitement, it could lead to confidence in that early portion of the season. Could yeah. make them feel confident if they start the year off 6-2 and two or whatever, and they maybe feel really good about themselves heading into that back half stretch. But when I look at the odds over at BetMGM for the division, Chiefs plus 150, Chargers plus 250, Denver is plus 260 with the Raiders plus 600. We'll talk about them in the next segment. But this almost feels like a division to where you might just arbitrage this and take those big prices when you can get them all throughout the regular season and create a new bet in this AFC West because I don't think I'd ever want to take Kansas City at plus 150 when I look no. at their schedule, but the Chargers and the Broncos, the move has already been made throughout this offseason, so I don't think you're getting the best number here, but if you wanted to pick one of them, maybe you get plus 250, plus 260 before that goes down a little bit further, and you take a Kansas City later on midseason, or you maybe take a Denver midseason to kind of almost create a new bet here to win the AFC West. And remember the for the Broncos, of all the the lack of home field advantage anymore, there is still an advantage here. It is a very rabid fan base here in Denver. They really get into it and and come come oiled and ready to go. Come game time, <laughs> does the, do the fans. But then you're playing at elevation too, and you know that impacts teams that aren't used to having to play that. On especially depending on when they their schedule and how they're playing coming into the into those games at mile high. But I think the other piece too is Nathaniel Hackett now taking over as the coach. And yeah, it takes a, a new coaching staff some time to get to know their players and really find out the strengths and weaknesses of each player. And really sometimes that happens through the first few weeks of the season because the condensed preseason the way that it is and the lack of really uh, practice time and, and contact that we see or the lack of contact within practices leading up to the season. But Nathaniel Hackett, this is another one where there was a big disconnect in communication style from the previous coaching staff to the way that Hackett has approached communicating with this young team. These are guys that are really galvanized. I think Hackett's bringing a great message and it's being very well received by this team. Too. I think they needed a, a new voice at the head coaching spot, and Hackett is going to be a breath of fresh air for this roster. The NFL offseason is always a curious time because we're talking about the Chargers, we're talking about the Broncos. Neither of those teams made the playoffs a year ago. The second team to make the playoffs from the AFC West was the Las Vegas Raiders, and they are the long shot to win this division at plus 600 over at BetMGM. And we'll discuss the silver and black in depth on the other side. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness... TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. So visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. It must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebefe hanging out here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in Colorado. We just got done breaking down the Denver Broncos. We're feeling good about this Denver team, but the schedule might temper some of those expectations just a little bit here. The Las Vegas Raiders, though, because they're the ignored team here in this AFC West. Everyone talks about the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Chargers as potential Super Bowl candidates, but the Raiders made the playoffs last year. The Raiders gave the Cincinnati Bengals a heck of a game in the AFC wildcard round, and looking at this Raiders schedule, they start off at L.A., then their home opener is against the Arizona Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins, a good time to catch Arizona, but then they travel to Tennessee, host the Broncos at the Chiefs before an early bye week. That could be tricky for them there. But what do you make of this Raiders team as they've made some improvements with Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, heading into the 2022 regular season? Yeah, and from a passing game standpoint, huge upgrade. And Renfro, like what we've seen with what they've done, I think Pat and with Waller, I mean, they're going to be able to, to make plays in the passing game. 
I don't know if they're going to be able to run the football. I still don't like of, of all the of within the AFC West, those offensive lines. And I think the Chargers probably have the best offensive line in the AFC West. The Raiders mm-hmm. would have the worst offensive line in the AFC West. And and as far as the defense goes, the Raiders have the worst defense in that division as well. And I don't know where outside of Crosby, I don't know where the pass rush is going to come from. So I don't know how you and you can you can find ways to block Crosby because you don't have much on the other side. The linebacker, they're short at linebacker. I don't know how they're going to cover on the back end. You're going to see a lot of high scoring games in these Raiders for, for each of these contests for the Raiders because I think they're really going to struggle to get stops. And that's just going to put more and more pressure on that offense to have to to be clean with the football, not make mistakes, not commit penalties, not turn the football over because you're going to have to be able to put 20 plus points points up 30 points per game just based on this Raiders defense but you know that they you mentioned it with the bye and the bye is really early that's the first week of the NFL for the bye season in the NFL and the Raiders get one in week six you typically don't want to have one that early you don't want to be on the back end either the last week to have a bye is week 14 that's really deep into the season you Mm -hmm. really would like to find yourself somewhere in the middle eight, nine, probably nine or or week 10, preferably. So week six, you're just getting yourself going, especially for McDaniels having to come over as the new coach for the Raiders, just getting to know his personnel, getting acclimated to this team, finding out their strengths and weaknesses. And he's going to find out too that uh, you're not going to have some of the patsies that you were used to playing in the AFC East for all your years (laughs) in New England. This is a totally different division now in the AFC West as, as opposed to when you were there for just your short tenure with the Broncos as the head coach uh hopefully for mcdaniels he's learned from that when he came here it was he his identity was just trying to be a replicant of bill belichick and that did mm-hmm. not go over well with that broncos organization or in the locker room or on the field with those players so hopefully he's grown i mean that's been a while and he's been very selective he's had opportunities to take jobs in the past over that time and he's turned things down i think he was going to find his time to to be selective about where he wanted to go and i think in time i'm sure he's grown from that he's learned from that that and he'll be he'll acclimate himself to the Raiders but you're just getting yourself going and then obviously now you 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 having a bye that's not that's not the time key time to have a bye the other part too you mentioned that first half or those first five games three divisional games so you're going to play all three of your divisional foes in that first five weeks you're going to find out a lot about yourself within that division yeah that's the tough part is those three division games to start the season off here i'm looking at some of the raiders season-long prices right now to win the division six to one like we mentioned conference odds 20 to one to win the super bowl 35 to one so that's showing you that the market has a little bit of respect for this team after adding Devonte adams probably the best receiver in football but to make the playoffs raiders plus 150 to miss the playoffs minus 190 their win total set at eight and a half minus 110 each way would you be interested in any of this? I know you don't like to really play the win totals because you're p- paying minus 110 for a season-long type of thing, but based on the schedule, based on the other teams in their division, minus 190 to miss the playoffs, that, that's kind of jumping out to me a little bit, James. Well, and and not only that buy really early in the season, when they come off their buy, they get a scrimmage game against the Houston Texans, but then they're on the road for four out of the next five weeks, and that's not going to be easy. You're traveling, you're traveling, they're going all over the map too. Back-to-back games going out to, to the east, going to New Orleans, going to Jacksonville. You come home to play Indy, and then you're back to Denver, and then up in the Pacific Northwest to Seattle, and then follow games against the two Los Angeles teams. This is really a brutal schedule. I would, if you're talking 
kind of season wins. I know they're they're going to be fun to watch from an offensive standpoint for the Raiders and Devontae Adams and Carr and, and Renfro. I really like Renfro. I think he's such a, a smart receiver, great hands, great route runner. Uh, but that offensive line concerns me, but it's more so the defense. I just don't see this defense being able to, to keep them to keep up with these teams within the, not only the AFC West, but some of these other teams that are on the Raiders schedule. I think we're going to start to see the fact that that bye coming so early, the latter part of the season, start to wear down this Raiders team because it's just going to be game after game of high-level competitive teams that they're going to have to face. If we're looking at season win totals, I'd, I'd be looking at leaning on the under as opposed to mm. over. Yeah, total right now, eight and a half minus 110 if you want to go over or go under. But yeah, that that first five-game stretch there, for having a new head coach and Josh McDaniels. Now, he's not a rookie head coach. Like you mentioned, he was the head coach in Denver. But still, I mean, he's trying to implement this new culture, this Patriot Way culture that they have with the general manager, Dave Ziegler, also comes over from New England. They got to get to work fast because <laughs> you look at this schedule, it can go off the rails rather quickly. And what we know about McDaniels in his last tenure in Denver, he's not maybe the, the, the has the best temperament, I would say, maybe not the best temperament that maybe this thing can go off the rails here for the Raiders. But when I ask you about these other three teams in the AFC West here, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, those are the three that people really like to win this division to maybe also win big, whether it be the conference or the Super Bowl. Which of these teams do you think is most likely to disappoint? Because not all of them can be good. We see their win totals, all three of those teams, double-digit win totals. Not all of them can be fulfilling those type of expectations. Which one do you think is most likely to disappoint? I kind of feel like it's the Kansas City Chiefs. And Mahomes a tremendous talent, and we've seen him just be able to make some incredible plays ambidextrous as well throwing the football <laughs> with either hand I don't advise that and he's learned uh, to dial some of that back but he also I think for for I think for Mahomes we saw that especially in the first half of the season really kind of forcing a lot of plays trying to play hero ball just because I don't think they trust the defense enough to get enough stops that he felt like I've got to go and make plays and score the ball every time every possession every time we touch it we've got to get down and get seven well they're going to have to adjust not having Tyreek Hill on the field anymore I think that's a big adjustment for the for the Kansas City Chiefs going forward because his ability and really Andy Reid being as creative as he is with the different offensive packages and sets that they would move him around and around, you name it. I mean, whether it was getting him to the ball quickly or allowing him to get the ball over the top and all the different crossing routes they ran and, and Kelsey being able to move all the way around, I think that was really assisted with the, the, the ability of Tyreek Hill to put such pressure on the back end of the defenses that you had to account for that and not get beat over the top. Now they're going to have a huge adjustment not having Hill out there anymore. I just wonder for Mahomes, a terrific talent, like I said, but is he going to revert back to how he played in the first half of the season, forcing a lot of plays, trying to make everything happen each and every possession? Because I think the defensive side is still a concern with Kansas City. You don't have Tyron Matthew back there anymore, really the, the leader and the quarterback of that defense. And, and the secondary is – I, I just feel like the backs, that back seven with the secondary and the linebacker crew, it's average at best. So, if anything, I think with the Chiefs, and we already mentioned their schedule and the challenge of their schedule to start the season, the first eight games, all winning teams from last year. And they also have the target now. Everybody's going to measure themselves against the Kansas City Chiefs mm -hmm. each and every week from that for, for, for their opponents, right? This is a big game for them. No one's looking past KC when they're on your schedule. I think if any 
any of the of, of those four teams, I would say it's Kansas City that I think is going to be having a dis not so much a disappointing season that that they they still have an opportunity to win the AFC West, but they're not going to really run through that division the way that they've had for the last six years. Well, let's get extreme here, James. I'm looking at the odds right now for the Chiefs to miss the playoffs. Plus 180 over at BetMGM. I don't know if I, I think I'd probably like plus too 200 short. or better or something yeah, like that. But short. plus 180, yeah, it feels like it's a little short. But somebody's clearly thinking the same way that we're thinking, where Kansas City might not be able to fulfill these Super Bowl caliber expectations that they've had since 2018. Yeah, I just think the coaching staff is too good. Reed will find a way. Yeah. Mahomes is too great of a talent at the quarterback spot, even though he will, he's, I think he's going to revert back to some of the things he did early in the season, even what he did against the Cincinnati Bengals and having a poor performance there. You know, he's fully capable of having great performances like he did against the Buffalo Bills. I can't, I can't see the Chiefs not making the playoffs. Still too talented, too smart on the coaching end to, to not get through a grind of a season and make the playoffs in some capacity. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how this AFC West plays out. We went through all the teams here. You can make a case for at least three of the four, maybe all four of them, to be either really good or to have a disappointing regular season. But the regular season kicks off week one, and we're going to take a look at those lines. Early thoughts coming up next here on Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Spring Special is here for only $59. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have Best Bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well. Not to mention continued Best Bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, US. SFL and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com spring. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe hanging out here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in Colorado. We're at the halfway point here in the show. 90 minutes down, 90 minutes to go. But let's talk a little week one here, James. And before we get into the week one slate of the NFL season, I was really excited when these lines came out Thursday evening. You get the juices flowing. You dust off the models. You get it going. The handicapping skills that have all that rust on them. We got to blow that off here before the season comes up in four months, but we're four months away from a lot of these games, and all of these games for that matter. When do you decide to get involved? Do you fire early on at some of these openers, or do you kind of hang back and wait to see how things progress throughout the offseason and into training camp? I wait right up until kickoff, Femi. I don't get involved right <laughs> now in trying to capitalize, and yeah, you want to get a better number, and if I miss the number, that's okay. I don't have to bet the game. There's plenty of options to go out and bet, not only from the side or the 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 total perspective, but in-game, or not only in-game, we know that, but the, all the prop markets that are out there and different ways that you can attack, it's just such a wide menu out there now that I don't feel bad if it's, oh, this, this game opened up at five, and now it's up to seven. The look ahead, now you've missed the number. That's okay. I can find other things to play, because in the NFL, I, I typically, for me, it's really the 
and I know first part of the season, you're hopefully not dealing with a whole lot of injuries. That mm-hmm. wasn't the case for the Baltimore Ravens rolling into yeah. their week one matchup. That Monday night game against the Raiders where they had completely lost their entire backfield prior to the season starting. I think they lost some linemen, too. It's just really beat up season for the Baltimore Ravens. But no, I don't get involved now. I, it's, it's interesting to see where those numbers sit and how you might kind of see what the matchups look like and this is uh, just looking at these numbers, Femi. This is uh, can I can I just skip on to week two? I don't even like this week one from from the initial thing because you look at it and you've got you can call it you've got ten home dogs or you've got ten road favorites and I, I think about it from a contest perspective. So for me, when I put my contest plays in, it's the Saturday right up until the deadline. I am get, trying to get as much information and maximize my opportunity to find out through practice reports, injury reports, etc. The availability and take time to make my decision. But thinking about Survivor, and Survivor is a different challenge for me. It's a different mindset. I typically look at numbers. The first thing I gravitate towards is, all right, what's the number? Who's the dog? Do I like their opportunity to win the game outright? And then I kind of go my breakdown from there. Mm-hmm. When you're playing Survivor, now you've got to flip your thinking because you're looking at favorites. You're looking at, all right, which team has the best chance to win? Obviously, just based on the number, you can look at what are the biggest favorites out there on the board. But in this case here, you're, you're talking about the week one games. You've got 10 road favorites. You're hoping that if you're going to be taking a favorite, you want to find those home favorites as opposed to road favorites. Yeah. So that's going to be a challenge there with Survivor. Uh, can we get rebuys? We'll have to get Derek Stevens on once they've announced that. I know they're going to make a, an announcement on Tuesday with Mitch and Pauly. Maybe that's one of the things, just looking at this week one schedule, uh, there will be rebuys starting in week two. I'm sure that's not going to be the case. But uh, at this point here, I want to stay away from week one. This is a challenging board just at first glance. Yeah, the 10 home underdogs is really the headliner of week number one from a betting standpoint here. But I also think that gives us a a little bit of a glimpse into the thinking of the odds makers and into the thinking of the betting market. And it's really the official red flag of, hey, home field advantage is not what you think it is anymore. It's one, maybe two points at most, because that's why we're seeing a lot of these road favorites and Underdogs early on in the season tend to be a lot more valuable when we don't know as much information. So it's usually, hey, just take the points if we don't know and we're all not certain of the consensus opinion on some of these teams here. But looking at those 10 home dogs and all that's out there, which of these home dogs would you be more inclined to back? Let's say now we're week of the game. These are the current numbers. Which of these home dogs would you look at as attractive? Wow. I mean, that's, see, we talk about the, well, and you think about home field advantage and the lack of it. There's a few venues where it is. We, I mentioned Mile High Stadium before that, just for strictly, not so much because of the crowd. They have a great crowd there supporting the Broncos, but just playing it at, at altitude elevation, that's always a challenge. Uh, but looking at these numbers, a lot of times the advantage to me in the first month of the season or so is going to be teams that did not have a lot of transition turnover, whether it be turnover with the roster or the coaching staff too. That team is going to really roll in pretty intact from how they were with that roster and the coaching staff looked like from the end of the 21 season rolling into 22 because the coaching staff's there. They know their players. They know their team. And, and so there's not a whole lot of – if you're a new coach rolling in, just from a leader standpoint you're going to have to get to know your guys and then thinking about it from a matchup and x's and o's what are you going to really learn out of the preseason how much you're only playing three preseason games now leading up to preseason the, the practices these aren't the old days where i just remember thinking about the broncos in particular because i'm here uh broncos would go up to Greeley and they'd be up for the, there for two and a half three weeks for their 
uh, their mini ca- or their training prior to the preseason going on, and they had having two in a day, two a days, and they're all strapped with pads, and guys are hitting, mm-hmm. and we'd go up there and see it. Like it's totally different now. You're really having to assess as a new as a new coaching staff if you've moved to a new uh, a new franchise. You're having to take really these first couple games of the season to get to know your players because there's only so much you can get to find out about them in a practice setting and even within the preseason setting. So as you're finding out against real competition at a competitive level when you're getting to the regular season, who can do what and making adjustments from there. So I think more so the advantage, and usually that's what I look to play, Femi, are teams that did not have a lot of turnover via the roster and or the coaching staff. Opening night is Buffalo and L.A., the Rams' one-point favorites, the consensus number here at the South Point. That game is now a pick showing a lot of respect there for the Buffalo Bills, the current Super Bowl yeah. favorites everywhere in the market. What do you make of this game? Total 52. That's going to be an exciting one based on what the numbers are telling us. Yeah, I don't – I. I don't want to play that game right now. I mean, <laughs> I, I think about the Bills, and I really like the Bills. I think that I was so impressed – last year with Josh Allen and in particular that game late late in the season that game at Tampa Bay that first half he just got absolutely pummeled by the Tampa Bay pass rush Bowles was bringing it and they they were laying hats on him each and every time he dropped back to throw he rolled his ankle he was out there on one foot they were dead was it 21 to 3 24 to 3 whatever it was complete domination in the first half from Tampa and then you just saw the competitive spirit and the leadership qualities that he brings to that Buffalo Bills team just battled and competed out there and really they should have won that game it went into overtime and they ended up losing to the Buffalo Bills in overtime but I was so impressed with the metal and the toughness of Josh Allen in that game and I gotta imagine Femi that the Bills have just been thinking about that divisional loss to Kansas City 13 seconds left you just took the lead and you couldn't make a play with just 13 seconds left to clinch that game because they were the best team in the AFC in my mind and she really should have had that game just dumped it. I'm sure that's got to be eating at them all season long and just can't wait to get out there feeling like, all right, the Rams won the Super Bowl. That's who we should have been playing. We should have been in that game in that Super Bowl last year. This is what it's going to look like if we would have played them. So from a Bills perspective, yeah, they're going to be just, they've been eating, that'll be what, eight months just sitting there chomping, thinking about how they ended their season. And the Rams, the Super Bowl hangover, we'll find out about that. And I I kind of would lean towards the Bills here, but it's all going to be about matchups right now that's basically a pick'em game and laying one i don't know which way i'm picking this early in this uh, this early for what are we five four months away how long are we away away from this yeah quite a a ways away so i'd lean to the bills but i'm not getting involved right now a lot of things to have to work through until we get to week one so we're four months away and i know you said you're going to be a little bit more cautious you're going to hang back wait till we go through all of training camp for preseason right up to kickoff is when we're firing for James here. But I've already fired James on one game, and I didn't Mm -hmm. want to fire on anything here when the schedule came out. I got excited, but I was like, hey, this is a long time before you can cash anything if you win it, so let's hang back. But there was one line that really jumped out to me, and it's in your neck of the woods there. The Denver Broncos taking on the Seattle Seahawks. I laid three and a half with the Broncos here, and it's not because I'm all in on Denver. I think I'm just all out on Seattle. Like, I don't yeah. think the Seattle team is going to be really good here. Now, it's going to be a home field advantage that is going to be one of the best home fields that we'll see all season, given the spot and the revenge angle and all that. The crowd's going to be liquored up. It's a primetime game, Monday night, whatever have you. But even with giving Seattle a healthy home field advantage, I could never get to the number of three and a half where I just had to take it. I thought the conversation, James, with this game should have started somewhere near six. I'm curious to get your thoughts. 
Well, everybody, you're moving lines, Femi, because that number now is pretty much four and a half in favor of the Broncos, and I get it. I mean, with not only with Russell Wilson coming back to Seattle, uh, but he's going to be very well received there. It's not like there was a bad part. It was, this is he in the front office there and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with the Seattle fan base. He knows how to endear himself to fan base. He's done a great job, has Russell Wilson here in Denver. He's going to be well received when they get back there. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with Seattle in that game. I really don't want anything to do with Seattle probably for the most of the 2022 season. Yeah, yeah. To me, early on, of the season if that's what they're going to be telling us in the market they seem like an early season fade for me here because i don't see the seattle team you got to give me at least six six and a half before i even entertain possibly taking the seahawks in this spot on the other side let's go to the holidays we take a look at td and christmas schedule Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. This is Betting Across America on v the Sports Betting Network. 
BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. So sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebefe hanging out with James Salinas out there in Colorado. We were just talking week one NFL action. There we have lines for all these games, but there's actually lines for all 272 games over at DraftKings. So I wanted to ask you about some of these holiday games here, James. Starting with Thanksgiving, we get the triple header like we always do. Lions host a game, Cowboys host a game, and then we get a primetime game. And the Thanksgiving action, my favorite day of the year, Family, food, friends, football, nothing that no, nothing really beats that. But the Thanksgiving slate starts with the Buffalo Bills taking on the Detroit Lions over at DK. The Bills' eight-point favorites in this game. Obviously, it's a long way away, but just your early thoughts on this Thanksgiving slate and what you make of it as we are months away from these games kicking off. Well, one thing, I'm just glad it's not the Chicago Bears playing the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Isn't that just, I'm still tired of watching yeah, that. We last got that like year every other Bears. year. <laughs> it is. It was last year was the Bears. The year before it was the Texans. And then the year prior to that was the Bears. It feels like it's always the Bears and the Lions. And it's like, all right, well, we'll just have that on in the background as background noise until we get to uh, whoever Dallas is playing for the, the second, you know, the second game of, the, of that trio of games on Thanksgiving. So fortunately here, you're going to have a Bills team that is, you know, obviously a, a top contender in the AFC to represent that conference in the Super Bowl. So just a, a really a relief. I was just so glad it wasn't the Bears. I was so t- <laughs> I feel like the Bears are just constant. Whether it's Sunday night football, Thursday night football, put them on put them on Wednesday night. Maybe the Bears games should just be on Wednesday <laughs> night. And just be done with them. But so I, I mean that makes it interesting. Now you have the Bills. At least it's something fresh and it's it's a non-conference game. So at least for the Bills, you look at. I kind of look at to see. All right, for all these holiday games. What was the schedule leading up to that particular game, especially for the road teams? Because the Bills, in this sense, are going to be a short week having to travel to Detroit. And they're going to be coming off of two home games prior to that game and traveling at Detroit. So not a lot of travel, obviously not much travel involved. It's not a long trip for them. But the fact that they've played two home games prior should be an advantage just from uh, being at home, being rested in that sense, not having to be traveling elsewhere prior to going to Detroit on that short week. So there's an advantage for the Bills already an advantage just based on the roster what mm-hmm. Buffalo I know Detroit there's been some moves and you know that was the one thing we saw out of them they were very competitive definitely against AT I think ATS they were 11 5 1 11 6 something like that they were very good against the number last year were the Detroit Lions but uh, I, I think for the Bills good to see that they are out there they're always <laughs> fun to watch yeah, the Lions Thanksgiving has been their Super Bowl over the like ever since I was born, pretty much over the last like three decades or so, because they haven't really been a contending team. So this is their one time to be in the national spotlight Thanksgiving morning out here for us West Coast folks, early afternoon for our East Coast viewers and listeners. Um, but the 
the middle game, the Dallas Cowboys, that's been the middle game here for quite some time. Cowboys laying a touchdown against their division foes, the New York Giants. The first time these teams have played on Thanksgiving since 1992. Back that year, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl under Jimmy Johnson there. But Dallas laying seven against Brian Dayball and the New York Giants. And first time rookie head coaches on Thursdays. I'm always looking to fade those coaches after that quick turnaround. Yeah, and, well, you look at the Giants, though. What are they doing prior to that game at Dallas? Same kind of thing. They are ha- have, they have two home games prior to traveling to Thanksgiving and to, try to Dallas on Thanksgiving against Houston and against Detroit. So th- not that any games are going to be walkover for the Giants because I think the Giants have a lot to clean up in-house there. Dable's already starting to make some moves as far as that roster is concerned. And, yeah, they'll get better as the season progresses once he gets – gets the guys on the field that he wants to have out there competing, but not a challenge for the Giants in the sense that what it looks like leading up for the, for the uh, for New York going into Dallas. But I think for Dallas, that's kind of not a little bit of the opposite piece here where they are going to be playing their two games prior to that game, hosting the Giants there in Big D are going to be at Green Bay and coming off a game at Minnesota. And I think Minnesota is going to be looking for some payback considering that Sunday night game last year mm-hmm. with with their quarterback situation and Dallas really handling Minnesota on that primetime game. Uh, those are two very challenging games for the Cowboys leading up to Thanksgiving. Yeah, Minnesota will be playing on Thanksgiving this year, hosting the New England Patriots. The Vikings one-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Very, very early look here. Um, But an interesting one, Bill Belichick, short week against a uh, first-time head coach. The coaching advantage clearly going over to New England. Yeah, well, but I'll temper that with thinking about Dennis Allen there with New Orleans. He was a head coach before. He coached the Raiders back a while back. Didn't do very well there with that Raiders team at the time he was the head coach. But he has been at New Orleans on the defensive side of the football as their coordinator. He's been there, I think, since 2016. So the one thing that he has an advantage of uh, being the new head coach, and yes, he's had, he's had that title before, but staying within that franchise, he knows that personnel. He knows that team. They know him. So there's not going to have to be that feeling out process over the course of through the preseason, the OTAs, and then into the regular season of finding out what guys can do and start plugging people in to the best places to play to their strengths. He already knows that roster and they know him again. So I think that that ultimately for New Orleans, that's an advantage from a coaching perspective. But I also think for New Orleans, this is a team that they're making some moves and they've been some interesting moves in the offseason, especially on the offensive side. Uh, the, the offensive line is not going to be as good as it has been. Armstead now is gone. He's in Miami. But I think defensively, that that front four, for sure, they are difficult to block. They can get after, they can get after the quarterback. And New, and New Orleans, you know, there's plenty of talent on that team. So this is not a team that is a complete makeover. Yeah, Jameis Winston, that's the big question mark for me. But you're playing at home. It's the end of the night there in New Orleans. Uh, that is – oh, I'm sorry. I'm, what if, I, I've completely botched this. They're, oh, no. they're <laughs> you're, not, playing, you're you're they're yeah, not playing New Orleans. Why am I thinking about New Orleans? I don't Was know, man. The, the, the Big Easy you know sounds like a fun place. I apologize. That's terrible <laughs> yeah, on my part. Good. I apologize. No, I was I was thinking of New Orleans because they played the game last, last year, year at yes. home against the Bills. And I think I was equating the Bills playing on Thanksgiving again. My apologies there. Yes, for Minnesota. Yeah, that's the challenge. That is the challenge. Anytime you're having a new coach coming in, it's a whole new regime there. The front office, the new coach, going to take time to, to get to know that team for sure. Um, what are we going to see off the pat, the Patriots this year? I think we saw at the quarterback spot, I mean, some some growth, and I think we saw some limitations too, but we saw some growth in the passing game out of, out of the Patriots. 
Um, you know, Minnesota, I think that's a team that, wow, anytime we're talking about, yeah, I just get stuck at the quarterback spot for yeah. Minnesota. And there's a lot of vacancy. There's a lot of holes on that roster for Minnesota, in particular at the, starting at the offensive line for sure. But then it just comes down to Cousins for me. And he, he has great games, and then he has absolute duds. And he seems like when he plays on primetime, and I don't know what that record is, but I know it's not favorable. I know it's definitely <laughs> not favorable for Minnesota and Kirk Cousins, whether he's playing in Minnesota, he's playing in Washington on primetime. Yeah, that's the spot to be in. You're going to play Bill Belichick, yes, short week. But I agree. To your point, Femi, my apologies again. I do. I agree. The coaching advantage for sure on the Patriots side in that matchup. Yeah, it's actually interesting with this Minnesota Vikings team. For the fourth straight year, their win total set at nine. And that just goes to show you that the betting market, the odds makers, they just think that they're just an average football team. We'll see with Kevin O'Connell if they can kind of elevate themselves to being good or great. But going into the season – Average is kind of how you have to handicap the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. We got about a minute and a half left. I want to get to this Christmas Day slate here. Of these three games that we have on Christmas, which is interesting that the NFL is going to this because Christmas is usually the NBA's day. Now we have a triple header on Christmas Day. Packers mm-hmm. at the Dolphins. Packers one-point favorites. Rams hosting the Broncos. The Rams three-and-a-half-point favorites. And the Bucks in the desert taking on the Arizona Cardinals as two-and-a-half-point road favorites. Which of these games intrigues you the most? I'm really intrigued by the Denver Broncos. I'm intrigued by this team throughout the season. And and I'm not saying this as a homer just because I live here. I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of whoever I'm betting on for that week. So there's (laughs) no allegiance for me and the the local team here with the Denver Broncos. But just thinking about where they're at and rolling into this game, the Broncos will be coming off of two straight home games going into that Christmas matchup against the Rams. The Rams are going to be coming off a Monday night football game at Green Bay. So not only the the the, the shorter week for the Rams, but that is a big game. NFC Divi- NFC conference game, we know that. And thinking about how poorly the the how how that game played out last year between the Packers and the Rams, uh, Green Bay is going to be ready to get after it in that matchup. So at not so much a letdown for the Rams coming back home on Christmas Day, but I think from a scheduling standpoint, definitely an advantage for the Broncos having two game, home games prior to that game on Christmas Day at Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm going to be very, very intrigued by Denver getting three and a half points here. And L.A., they don't have some raucous home field advantage, so I think that could be a spot if health stands up and holds up could be an interesting betting spot for the Denver Broncos. On the other side, we had some breaking news out of the NBA as it pertains to Bucks Celtics Game 7. We discuss it next here to start hour number three. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze and handicappers to analyze and handicappers to analyze and handicappers. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 